Did you know locums docs make on average 33% more than employed docs? Got your attention now? So if you're considering locum tenants either full-time or on the side, you probably have a question or two or maybe even 20. Locumstory.com is packed with unbiased information and tools to see what the trends are in your specialty and even make a decision if locums is right for you. My advice, make locumstory.com the go-to place to learn more about locum tenants. That's locumstory.com. What's good, everyone? This is Dr. Nee and... Dr. Renee. Yo, this is another episode of Docs Outside the Box. Listen, we are on the road. We are recording here in Denver, Colorado. We are here for... The ACOM Surprised conference. you a little bit. I know. One. You put me on the spot. <laughs> ACOM conference. Which is short for what? American Association of Colleges of Osteopathic Medicine, right? Yes, you got it. So they're doing their thing <laughs> here in Denver, Colorado. They're doing their meeting thing, you know. and um, Mile High City. They invited us here to come and speak on a panel. You want to talk more about that? Yeah, we're going to be speaking on a panel um, just about diversity, inclusion in, in medicine, specifically in osteopathic medicine. And the panel will be moderated by none other than the Dr. Barbara Ross Lee. Yes, and she is related to Dr. Or excuse me, she is related to Diana Ross, yeah. part of the Supremes, um, <laughs> and also a very notable career. But she herself, Dr. Barbara Ross Lee, has had an amazing career, yep. um, which spanned all the way where, from dean at New York Institute of Technology to mm. a whole bunch of major accomplishments. So we're super excited, super jacked to be here to talk our talk about diversity, inclusion, as well as equity in the world of osteopathic medicine. So we are souped about that. And we got a super excited episode and topics that we're going to talk about. So the first thing we're going to do is we're going to talk about a review, right? We got a review when Renee got glammed up, celebrityed up <laughs> at the Student National Medical Association Conference. She was able to hit up a listener for a review. So that's really dope. And then we're going to talk about the SMA conference in, in overall. Like, is it really necessary? And then we're going to talk about <laughs> survey. <laughs> Right, we're gonna talk about a survey, right? And that's really important. This survey is really important. This survey is about what you think about the show. So we're gonna get into that in a short period. And at the end, we're gonna talk about this Galaxy Tab S8 review. So I'm using this new tablet. Uh, my laptop is on its last, um, I don't know what's one, last legs. And I've been trying to upgrade to something different. So I thought maybe I'd get this tablet and I'm gonna let you know what I think about it about two months in. So what do you think? Let's rock your room. All right. So let's read this review. We got a review from Phil. It says, Phil from AMAC. Well, AMAC is short for the Annual Medical Educational Conference. Um, that's basically the Student National Medical Associations. That's their year-end huge conference, mm -hmm. workshop, meeting, whatever you want to talk about, a shindig. That's where everything <laughs> happens. It was in Orlando, Florida. We went down there. Mm -hmm. And uh, he hit you up. Yeah. He hit you up. He just walked right past you and couldn't believe that the person that he's listening to on this show <laughs> is actually here at this conference. A celebrity. And he said, what did he say? He's like, oh my God, I really love your podcast. You and your husband are so great. Can I take a picture? Mm, okay. <laughs> and then he said he listens to the podcast. Yeah, he listens to the podcast. And well, that's the only way that he could say that we were so great. But right. And then you phone checked them and was like, yo, but did you leave a review though? And he's like, uh, mm, um, see what happened was. And yeah, was like, yeah, he didn't no. leave a review. He's like, oh, I've been meaning to do that. I was like, well, you better do that. And if you do that, then we will read your review on our next episode. So here we are. So keeping we are. our word. Keeping our word. So Phil writes, 
He gave us a five-star review, first of all. Phil writes, my name is Phil, and I just met Dr. Renee Darko at AMEC conference. Her energy was radiant and inviting, semicolon, similar to how it is on the show, using his good punctuation and all. <laughs> Doctors Nee and Renee Darko are doing amazing work by educating us on how to leverage and take command of our careers in unconventional ways. Even though I'm only a pre-med right now, I love, love, love listening to this podcast because it has enhanced my view of the potential medical career that I can have. Thank you guys for everything you do. Keep up the great work. Five-star review. See what I did for you there? Mm. Well, listen, <laughs> Phil. Thank you, Phil. Thank you, Phil. <laughs> Phil, we really appreciate this. This really means a lot to us. Yeah. Uh, for a whole bunch of different reasons. Um, because I think for me, I think the podcast, it's a very unconventional podcast. We talk about unconventional things mm -hmm. that I think a lot of medical students and a lot of doctors aren't used to talking about in the open. So to find a pre-med student, or no, this is a medical student. No, pre-med. Oh, to find a pre-med mm -hmm. student who's saying that, you know, we're having an effect on what he's going to do in his future, mm -hmm. that's really dope. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. You I know? mean, I really, I really appreciate it because it just helps us to recognize that, you know, whatever we're doing um, is resonating with people, is relating to people, uh, but that they're also relating to us and the topics that we're covering. And I agree with you, you know, most of the times when there is doctor um, insinuated or mentioned in whatever title or whatever conference or whatever anything, there's always kind of this academic, you know, expectation, this discussion, you know, this expectation of academic discussion. And it's like, well, we can have academic discussion. Like we're very capable of doing that, but we can also have other discussions. You yeah. know, we we have we are outside the box. Right? Yeah, I do. And I'll be honest, I'm not very patient. I don't feel very uh, confident in having those academic conversations. So I like to talk about the nitty gritty. Mm -hmm. I like to talk about like how it plays out on a day to day basis, mm -hmm. what things look like. The I practical. Don't, I don't like talking thirty thousand foot view because I sometimes feel like it doesn't really like is are we really seeing a difference? Mm -hmm. You know. So for Phil to reach out to us and just say hey, or reach out to you and say hey, what you are saying, what you're talking about on the show, what we talk about affects what he's gonna do, what kind of decisions he's gonna make. Yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, we'd love to learn a little bit more you know, about what our listeners are are thinking, about what they want to hear. So we basically have partnered with InCrowd, um, and they have sponsored a survey for us to put out to our listeners. And through that survey, you'll be able to let us know why, you know, why are you even listening to Docs Outside the Box? What do you want to hear about? We need to know this. You know, yeah. I mean, it's stuff that we need we to know. We want to know this. Yeah. <laughs> You got to know this, guys. Come on. I gotta know. I got yo in our <laughs> new edition. I need to know. I needs to know, yo. Yo, Ricky be bringing it home. But yo. back to our survey, right? So we want to know um, what you guys think about the show and what you want to hear. And so this this survey with InCrowd is going to help us to do that. Um, and not only will it help us, but it could also help you as a listener, right? So this is what you want to know. This is what we talk about. Like, what can it do for me? Right. Yeah. Like, here's the granular level. So she's gonna get into this. So let's right? go, go ahead. So and yeah. For them. So the what's in it for me. So if especially if you are a healthcare professional, right? If you are a healthcare professional, by the time you reach the end of the survey, it's going to ask you if you want to opt in to um, more surveys within crowd. Well, first of all, how, how long is the survey? Our survey. It's very short. It. I mean, you you should finish it in under like a minute or. 
right. not even two. Right. Um, but at the end of the survey, you're going to be asked if you wanted if you want to opt in to more surveys within Crowd so that you can share your medical expertise for some casho. Some money. Yes, for some, some dollar, money. Some dollar bill. Yeah. And you 1099 know, 1099 money. Right. <laughs> so. Hey. So listen, that's what we're all about here, right? So you take the survey at the end, ask you if you want to opt in for some additional surveys. Yeah. And the timing of those surveys kind of is based on, you know, what they're going to be asking you. But it's a great opportunity to just make some cash while you are at home and people are asking you about your expertise. So why not do it? Yeah. And full disclosure, it will help the show to grow as well. Full disclosure, it helps you guys who are listening and it also helps us. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Right. We get a little bit of something. You get something, we get a little something. Right. right? When you opt in to, you know, receive more, um, more surveys with with in crowd. So and this doesn't bind you to anything, folks. Right. Exactly. It doesn't bind you anything. Exactly. It's just Nobody's gonna show up to your house on about, but you had said that you were gonna yeah, take the it's, survey. It's Nobody just a survey. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a survey, everyone. But a lot of people use these these type of surveys to augment a lot of different things in their life. Some people right. use it for vacation money. Mm-hmm. Some people use it to kind of uh, fund a side hustle. Some yeah. people use it to take... ice cream money. Right. <laughs> now you sound old, but like maybe you can go to the club with this money, you know, buy yourself one drink right? if you're in New York City. Right. But yeah, no, people have definitely, the more surveys you take, obviously, um, and then the types of surveys that you take, obviously, will help to increase um, the revenue that you get um, with it. So people have, have been known to to make quite a few dollars um, with this. So, like I said, it will help the show to grow as well. It will help us um, to kind of know what it is that you're thinking about our show, what you want to hear. Um, so, the, sh- the link is going to be in yeah. the show notes. So, please, Alfred, please, please. Put it in the uh, video, in the video. Put it yeah, down put it below, right, below us somewhere. Right. I don't know. Put it right here. Hook it up, hook it up, hook it up, hook it up. <laughs> It'll also be in the description on YouTube. And then, obviously, people who are listening on, on your iPhones or on your Android. Yeah. It's going to be in the show description, so you don't have to worry about the long link. It's going to be there. Yeah, so we appreciate your help, guys. If you could do that for us, we would love it. So let's get down to the nitty-gritty. Let's talk about this. So um, we are in Denver, but literally for the past two weeks, we've been traveling. Mm -hmm. We went to Orlando. You mainly were at the Student National Medical Association Mm -hmm. as an exhibitor talking about your dope app called Medic, but you were also in other... Medic. If you are pre-med, you should be on Medic. Okay. All right. That's a little plug right there, y'all. But you were there speaking about, you know, just various things that are within the legislature, the the governing of the Student National Medical Association. Some things, Also, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I was there kind of watching the kids, and then I got a chance to participate in the alumni reception, reception yeah. mm-hmm. right? So for me, it's been roughly about six year, 16 years since I've been involved with the Student National Medical Association. So I graduated in 2006, so did you. Um, but you've still maintained a strong relationship with the governing of Student National Medical Association. Mm-hmm. So obviously, you are a chairperson emeriti. Like you can, you've helped out in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. I was region two director. And then when I graduated, I became a lifetime member. But that's pretty much it. So, you know, the the reason I want to have this discussion is I think that, you know, I think that there's the academic discussion of what happens at the conference. Mm-hmm. And then I think there's the practical of what we're actually talking about or what we actually did at the conference. How does it play out in a medical student's life, on their daily life, how it affects them being able to graduate, what kind of career they're going to have, mm-hmm. what kind of communities they're going to practice in. Yeah. From a pre-med standpoint, 
are they going to become a better applicant to get into medical school? Right. Are they going to keep that mindset? Are they going to participate in SNMA and maybe mm-hmm. other organizations in the future? Right. Those are the questions that I have. I want to, you know, kind of use you almost like as a sounding board since you're so much more like uh, involved than I am. Mm-hmm. So let, let's talk about SNMA. Let's talk about the conference. And it's we're not just talking about SNMA, guys. We're talking about conferences in general. Right. But let's talk about the, the SNMA conference. Let's jump into that. So just tell people real quick, those who are not familiar with SNMA, what is SNMA? So SNMA is Student National Medical Association. It is the largest medical student association um, dedicated to... Um, issues of, you know, minorities, minority medical students, um, underserved communities, and really training physicians to be culturally competent. Um, And so they've been around since 1964. um, And, you know, it's a national organization um, with chapters at, well, I I would say almost every medical school, um, as far as medical school chapters, and then pre-med chapters many around the country at different colleges, undergraduate institutions. Um, It is uh, broken up, I guess, into regions. And then we have a national board. So an actual national board of directors who, for the most part, is made up of students with the exception of of some of the roles. Um, But yeah, it, it, I mean, it has been an organization that's been very integral to my life. um, And I think your life. Yeah. So you've been involved with it since what, 2001? Yes, since 2001. I got involved in 2002. Mm -hmm. Um, And the way how it works is the SNMA is the daily activities of the organization on a national level, the decisions that are made, it's all made by the students. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. There's an executive director, but the executive director reports to the chairperson. The chairperson writes all the checks. Am I correct? Yeah, Yeah, kind of, sort of. Right. And when the national, when the national, like, annual meeting occurs, like the food and beverage, all those different things. Like the chairperson is making decisions like, you know, we're going to have, you know, this to eat, we're going to have that to eat, these different hotels we're going to have, right? <laughs> well, to some extent, yes. It basically, you know, the chairperson um, and, you know, all the other students on the board essentially have to sign off um, on those decisions that are, pre- or th- those um, proposals that are made to them. So yeah, so in, in essence, they are signing off on all those things at that granular of a level. Yes. Is that, and that's different from other organizations, right? Like that's different from the AMSA. So. That's different from, I, I don't remember the other organizations. That, yeah, the AMA so, uh, has like a student, medical student section mm-hmm. and so forth, right? I think so. I have not been a, a part of those organizations, so I can't say for sure. But my understanding of those organizations is that, yes, it, it is very different in that, um, you know, the other organizations, the execution is done more by staff. That's my understanding. If I'm wrong, somebody let me know. But that's my understanding, that the execution is very much done so by their staff. Okay. So on a chapter level, the way how you, if you are familiar with SNMA, or even if you're not familiar with SNMA, the way how it works is each chapter at a medical school will have a president, they'll have a vice president mm-hmm. and you know all the other things that any other organization have treasurer secretary all that stuff but the way how it plays out is there's going to be certain things that they're going to be doing community service mm-hmm. that community service may play out as what a normal health fair like a health fair or it, yeah volunteering at a school right yeah right. mentoring but, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. talking to pre-meds yep. helping them get into or at least understand the process of applying to medical school yep. um, some of the members of an SNMA may be involved with admissions, we hope, mm-hmm. so that when students 
um, of certain backgrounds come to the school, you know, they are there to you know, provide an ability to answer questions for these students, for these prospective students. Yeah. And even just a perspective that just the school in general just doesn't have. Right. In general, right. right? So that's one thing how it plays out. On a regional basis, like like you said, each of these chapters belong to a, a larger region. Mm-hmm. There's 10 regions. And, you know, on a yearly basis, there's a regional conference. And then from there... Which you did two regional conferences. Right. I did two regional conferences, which were dope, right? One at Northwestern. And then the other one was at uh, Minnesota. Minnesota with the Mayo Clinic. Yep. Um, so Region I was, two? That's how we do. Right? <laughs> Region two, you heard? That's your call and response. That was it, right? I can't remember. I don't know. Ago. Yeah, that was our call and response. <laughs> I right? wasn't the regional director. I you started were. that, by the way. So. Region two? That's how we do. That's it? That's how you're going to say yeah, it? that's how I'm going to Region do. two? I'm 16 years out. Like, look, I'm Come old. On, I ain't got man. time for all like, that. Like, please, we have people from HU don't go, you know. <laughs> like, hey, you know. Hey, if you... <laughs> If you're in Region Two, write out, write, write, write to us. Let us know what you think. If, if I'm if I'm not bringing the energy, Region Two, that's how we do. Okay, that's better. We'll take right. it. That's how we do. <laughs> and then from a national component, there's like all of these agendas, and people are running for president, people are running for vice president, people are running for parliamentarian. All these different things. Listen, it ain't no different than when you in another organization. It's the same thing. It's just that it's run a little bit differently. Right. So. You know, for me, my experience in medical school with SNMA is way different than my experience after when I graduated with How SNMA. So, so for me, way? yo, I'm 16 years now. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm out of SNMA. I'm I'm the old head, right? Right. I'm the old head. Yeah, you old. So how I thought about medical school, how I thought about what my contribution was going to be, is a lot different mm. when I was in SNMA versus mm. when I left. How I look at things now versus how I looked at things before. I'll be really honest with you. So um, I'm going to get a little bit deeper, but I'll just say overall, like a lot of things that I wanted to accomplish was related to my medical school, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. The things that I wanted to accomplish was, well, how can the medical school help me improve X? How can mm. I help the medical school create Y? Right, how right. can you know I? team up with this organization to do this. Right, right. right? How can I team up with SNMA to do whatever it may be? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think one of the things that I've realized now that I've left is is I don't need any of those organizations to do any of the things that I want to do. Right? It mm -hmm. really is. Like a lot of the solutions, a lot of the ideas we have, they could work. Mm -hmm. Right? And I think oftentimes we doubt ourselves we say that we can't do it unless we team up with somebody. Right. And, but nobody's going to be as passionate about your your whatever your project. Your, your project. Yeah. Nobody's going to yeah. be as passionate as you are. And I think nowadays, I don't think you necessarily have to be teamed up as a medical student. I don't think you necessarily have to team up with your medical school to help you facilitate A, B, C, or D. Right. That's my thoughts right. on things now that I'm, I'm years out. On a deeper level, though, as a doc outside the box, I think that there is a component that I got to be honest with myself that... I think that I've always kind of felt like I was an outsider in Mm -hmm. SNMA through no fault. I'm not blaming this on anybody in SNMA at Hmm. all. I'm not. I've always felt like an outsider. Very interesting. Not because of anything they've done. This chair emeritus wants to hear more about that. Right. But for me, I think a lot of it has to do with (laughs) me applying to medical school twice, Mm -hmm. me feeling like I was isolated and I isolated myself. I didn't talk to anybody when I didn't get into medical school the first time. I didn't really talk to anybody when I was applying the second time. Mm -hmm. I think that was a big time blow to my confidence. Okay. 
I think that the imposter other, syndrome. Big time imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. And then I think the other thing too was going to an osteopathic medical school mm-hmm. and then going to this large conference and you're out there, you know, talking with people who are at the Harvards, who are at the Mayos, who are at the USC's, who are at these really big schools. And, you know, you feel like, or at least I felt like, well, I'm at Kansas City University. Mm-hmm. Nobody's ever heard of that. Mm. Oh, I was wrong. Right. Right. I was very <laughs> wrong. So, uh, guys, I'm not telling you that this is correct. I'm just letting you know what That's was in my head. That's how you were head. feeling, yeah. What was in my head. So, I always kind of felt like I didn't belong at first. Um, I did not know that. Yeah. There was a lot of conversations that people would have that were academic that I was just like, first of all, I don't really talk like that, right? right. I'm very granular. Practical. I'm very practical. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think that there's a lot of things that we talk about at, at conferences. And I think it goes over a lot of people's head. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. before I jump into that, though, before I get more into that thought, let's take a break. What do you think? Yep. Time to take a break? Yep. All right, y'all. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by locumstory.com. Backdrop. 2012, finishing my fellowship in Miami, and no decision bigger than where and how I was going to start working on my own. And there it was, the fork in the road, being employed versus something I had never heard of before, locum tenants. So I decided to go the locums route, and I had a ton of questions then. I stumbled a bit, but eventually I was able to stand on my own, and I have been working locums over the past 10 years. Now, what about you? If you're considering locums, you probably have hella questions just like I did. Like, who covers my malpractice? Do I really have control over how often I work? And what are the tax implications? Now, lucky for you, locumstory.com has the answers you need. It's packed with unbiased information and advice from docs just like you. And there's nothing to sell here. It's just a simple resource for information, like finding out what's the average pay rate for your specialty, There's even a quiz to see if locums is right for you. So listen, take my advice. Locumstory.com is the perfect place to start if you want to learn more about locums. That's locumstory.com. All right, we are back. We're back to me getting emo. I'm getting all up in my emotions, all you in my feelings. I know, right? <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I think the, one of the things too is I held, I put everybody on a pedestal, you know, on mm. SNMA. Like, but everything changed when I realized that there's a definitely a bunch of people here who were doing post back programs. Well, just a, like you, a lot of people who were, yeah. you know, non traditional students, right. and that's when I was like, oh, I get it now. You know, I was all up in my feelings, and, and meanwhile, nobody cared. Nobody cared. <laughs> Nobody, nobody cared about that. Nobody cared. <laughs> but I do think that in SNMA, uh, the med students who are in it, who are doing stuff, I do think that they have a lot of great ideas. Mm-hmm. I do think that it's like, you know, it's like when you give a scholarship to an A student. Don't get me started. Right? Like, when you, like <laughs> I'll, I'll look at it like this. Like, you give, a, you give a scholarship to an A student, it's like, well, that person is going to do great, right? Yeah. But maybe sometimes we should be giving... Um, attention to someone who is maybe a B student, student, a B student or even a C student, because maybe they need that extra oomph to say, hey, like if you had this tool, if you had this finance, if you had this resource, maybe you would do better. So what the way, what what I'm basically trying to say is that I think the people who already run SNMA are going to be successful anyway, Mm, right? mm -hmm. They're going to be successful anyway. But I think a lot of it also is, is, well, I go to this school and they're backing me. And therefore, I can do X, Y, and Z. 
Right? Gotcha. So they're tying they're tying their success to a medical school, to a medical school, or to to any to an institution, even. I mean, because we do see that even outside of medicine oh, yeah, or but, outside of medical But you school. definitely see it here, right? It's right. like, oh, I went to University of Chicago, therefore I should be president of the organization. It's like, nah, son. Like, <laughs> wh- why? Well, I don't, know, I don't know that that's specifically true. That happens. I'm going to say that happens. <laughs> I don't care. That happens. I went to University of Chicago, so I should be president. I went to this university, Duke University, so I should be president. I went to this university. And, I, and I, y'all see, I, I, like, I ain't got no residual feelings and stuff. <laughs> But what I'm like, dude, man. But what I'm saying, hey, this is a podcast, though, right? <laughs> right. So we right. got to talk our talk. What I'm saying is, is I think that y'all would be successful anyway, even if you didn't go to that school. Correct. You know I, what I'm I agree with that. What I think the benefit of SNMA is for those, for even for those students. See, right? now we talking. Now okay. we talking. Even for those. Now students. we potting. Oh lord. Yeah. So what I think is. Um, important for those students, even those students who you're like, well, you're preaching to the choir kind of thing, right? Like this is this is a group of students who is going to be, you know, who are going to be um, successful anyway. I think what's important is that while they are going to be successful, they need a forum to hone in on their skills, right? To hone their skills, to be able to, you know, I guess, have have that training ground to be able to be successful. Yeah, because a lot of these people who are in leadership roles mm-hmm. in your organization, it doesn't just have to be SNMA, more right. than likely they are going to transition into a leadership role into a larger organization. Right. Or leadership, or they may even yeah. be in government with healthcare. You never yeah. know. Or you in, your, know. in your yeah. hospital, they may end up being your chief medical officer. Right? So right. Or you, your CEO. Or your CEO. Yeah. Well, possibly. Right? <laughs> possibly your Do CEO. Do you have a degree in Spanish? Possibly. <laughs> Hey, you said it, not me. But it's possible. So for the folks who are not going to SNMA and looking to do that, you're mm-hmm. looking for SNMA for maybe that social component. Right. right? That's supportive. That supportive uh, yeah. organization, that, that component where you're looking to say, hey, I just want to meet up with people who come from a similar background with, mm-hmm. than me, same high school, same college. You know, maybe even have different aspirations. It may not necessarily have to be, I want to be a chief medical officer or I right. want to be a CEO or I want to run for Congress. Mm-hmm. And it may not be at that particular right. point in your life. So I just want those folks, I'm talking to y'all. I just want y'all to know that it's okay to be involved in these organizations. But just know that a lot of the the things that you want to do in life, it really... I get that you feel like you need to be associated with your school, mm-hmm. but just know that you can create a lot of these different things on your own. You can yeah. be very successful on your own. And I think that's the best part about being a part of these organizations mm-hmm. is, like you said, that's where you get to practice and hone in your right. skills. You get to work on being a leader. You get to work on creating a health fair. You get to work on all of these different things so that when it's time mm-hmm. for you to be in practice on your own, yeah, you know what you're, you, you at right. least have had some exposure. And, you know, over the years, like you said, I have been, you know, graduated, you know, as a student from SNMA for many years. And so, you know, I still work with the students. And sometimes I have to temper myself because I see something that they don't yet see, right? Because so I that? think, what do, you, what do you mean? I think so. I think like you, I thought when I was a student that, yeah, like, you know, my future is going to look like maybe being, you know, attached to something, yeah. right? Attached to some institution. So I'm going to be Dr. Renee Volney, Darko at this point, right? But <laughs> I w- my plan was to be Academic Dr. Academic OB-GYN. No. My, 
<laughs> but my plan, my plan, seriously, it was. It was to be, you know, Dr. Renee Volney and then dot, 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 and have, you know, some big name institution right. um, behind at the bottom, me. At the bottom of your right. signature. At the bottom of my signature and to always name that institution in relation to my career so that people could equate that to how important I am, mm, right? Yeah. And I think, you know, it's important for, for us to acknowledge sometimes when we do that, even in, you know, even as attending physicians, I think many of us do that, right? You know, I'm Dr. So-and-so. I am the chief medical officer of name big institution here. Yeah, because even when you sign up for these conferences, mm-hmm. one of the things that they ask you is they say name. Right. And then they ask you what Where? affiliation, mm-hmm. what hospital you're with. And it's for me, it's really funny because I'm just like- Locums. Yeah, I just put locums. Equal or access put, health. Right. Or I put, you know, the organization, sorry, I put the company that we own. Right. And- I just say my name and yep. I say the podcast that I'm associated with. And then sometimes I'll say the business mm-hmm. equal access health and that's it, you yeah. know? And um, it's a very interesting perspective Yeah. versus like you said, when you are putting your big name institution there right? and half of them, they frustrated with their big institution anyway. Right. So, so yeah. So that's why the reason I'm bringing this up is because I actually went to the alumni event, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? I went to the alumni event and some of the people who I actually held on a pedestal, you know, when I look at them now, I'm just like, yo, like everybody's just living their life now. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. they're not associated with those institutions anymore. Everybody's doing their own thing. Everybody's yeah. just trying to, you know, kind of find their own way. Right. 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 And, because I think after a while, people realize, hopefully anyway, people eventually realize that the success really lies within you and what you do. And you can, you can, not to knock institutions, right? Institutions bring a lot of resources to be able to do certain things. But at the same time, like you said, a lot of people are frustrated with their own institutions. The institutions that they're, they're trying to bring innovation to, that maybe that institution is like, yeah, that's your project. Yeah, your, your passion project right. may not necessarily align 100% with your school. Right. And that's, that's fine, right? Because their interests are not necessarily your interests. Mm-hmm. And you may find after years that you're being frustrated by that. Yeah. Right. And I think that's what I was starting to get from people that I that we were catching up with years later. Like before, it was oh, my med school's doing this and my med school's doing that, and I'm part of this thing and I'm part mm-hmm. of that thing and I'm part of this thing. And now, hey, a lot of them are like, "Yeah, damn that! Like I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to get married. I'm trying to have kids, and you know, I'm trying to do this this organization. I'm trying to do this aside. Like I'm not trying to, yeah, I'm you know, creating so something of, of my own. Right? right. It's 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 really yeah. a very different perspective for me. Sixteen years yeah. outside of SNMA. Yeah. So that's what I want to, like for the Phil's out there and for the other pre-meds and even for the medical students who are listening to right now and who are at University of Chicago. And they're like, (laughs) yo, you leave University of Chicago alone? Westerns and stuff like that. Y'all know who you are. You know who you are. It's the Yales and all that stuff. Hey, I want to be a chapter president because I go to Yale. Like, nah, it doesn't work that way, right? And I'm just joking, guys. This is comedy style. Comedy style. I'm just joking. But my ultimate question is, is the things that we do in SNMA, the things that you do if you're in AM, AMSA, the things that you do in whatever Soma. other, SOMA, mm-hmm. does it make you, is it making you better? Is this making you a better candidate to get into residency? Do you think it matters? Like, the, let's, let's talk about that. Oof, mm. that's a tough one. I don't know. I, you know I'm, I'm going to get straight to the point. I'm going to say no. I don't think it does. 
So I'm I'm gonna say maybe. And part of the reason I'm going to say maybe is because of my own experience. Well, actually. let's talk. But let's talk specifically about making you a better candidate to get into residency. Yeah, so that's what I'm about to talk about. All right. I'm going to say maybe, maybe. One is it depends on who is in front of you, right? Basically, who is the you know who's kind of the deciding factor that you're going to be ranked in this residency program, right? Like if there are people who are very gung-ho SNMA, right? If I'm part of an organ, if I'm part of a residency program and you interview with me and you tell me you're the chairperson board directors of the SNMA, I'm listening. You think people paying attention? I'm paying attention, at least. That's because you know the organization. But I know the organization. Now, that's not to say that someone who doesn't know the organization wouldn't necessarily be impressed with that because when- Because in- be, be, no, just because. Um, because when I interviewed for residency, that was actually one of the things that really impressed my interviewer, who was the chair of the department. Okay. Um, and he later on told me, he pulled me into his office and he was like, do you know why you're here in this residency program? I was like, no. And he basically was like, yeah, I wanted you here after the after your interview. Like, I just thought that, you know, all the things that you were doing were very impressive. So now what you just, now you see what you did, all the orthopedic residents, or all the orthopedic <laughs> medical students, or excuse me, all the people who want to go into orthopedics are like, yo, I'm about to be president, chairperson <laughs> of SNMA so that I can have someone come. Like, yo, nah, it doesn't work like that, guys. Ortho be going hard, though. Man, don't get me started on ortho. Ortho be going hard. So real quick, with ortho. Ortho, y'all need to sit ortho. down a little bit, take ortho. a break. For those who want to go into ortho, explain this to me. How is it that y'all? Are the smart y'all get the highest grades oh, on the standardized test? Don't go there. Don't go there. Y'all get the highest grades on the standardized test, and y'all be talking about how y'all the smartest. <laughs> and then when you finish residency, Stop. you don't even know how to replace potassium, yo. <laughs> like, come on, yo. That was you, your that, experience with one ortho. No, it's not. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? I dare someone who is ortho residency right now or someone who is an orthopedic surgeon to contact me right now and say they know how to replace a potassium or not even say that you know how to replace, that you have replaced potassium. Come on, yo, stop, stop, stop. And they be claiming they the smartest person. Same thing with plastics. Like y'all talk about how y'all the smartest people and y'all, y'all get the highest grades. And then what happens in residency? Well, okay, let's put this, let's put this into comedy style, everyone. Let's, let's comedy put, style. Let's I'm just joking, y'all. I'm just joking. How, how many, how many, how many emergencies, like real emergencies, do uh, plastics and and orthos really uh, like life threatening emergencies? Uh, orthopedics does. They're involved in a lot of life or limb type things. And obviously plastics with, you know, Stevens Johnson and so forth and things like that. And burns. Johnson. And burns. How many times? You know, but... Hold on a second. Wait, plastics is going in on burns like as they come through the door? No. Okay. No. But... (laughs) So wait, wait, wait. So the higher your grade, the more likely you are, the less likely you are to save a life in an emergency? I think that's true. (laughs) I think that's true. The higher your board score, <laughs> the, the lower your chances. Boy, we gonna have some plastic Ooh. surgeons, <laughs> and some orthopedic us. surgeons after us. They but you know what though? Us. They gonna be like, yeah, he kind of right though. 
he kind of right. Listen, there. all those people who got like, you know, in the 30th percentile on their boards, Watch download guess numbers. what? Y'all are the lifesavers. Watch our download numbers go down. I know my board scores weren't Family that Family Med, P's, OB, Trauma all surgery. of us. Trauma surgery. Trauma surgery. Yeah, yeah, surgery up there too, though. Y'all are really competitive. We competitive, but I'll, t- I'll be the first one to tell you my OB scores. OB kind of competitive too. My scores so. were not up there. And um, <laughs> yeah, but listen, it's, no, it's just funny how the chips fall with listen, that. Listen, ortho thing, right? plastics, we love you all. What y'all do is dope, <laughs> but come on, let's let's talk for real. Word, <laughs> leave the specialties alone. Word. We're just joking. Word guys. up, word up, word up. So let's go back to this. So, like, I, I think in terms of does it make you a better candidate for residencies? Yeah, depends on if the program recognizes whatever right. that organization is. It would right. even know, right? right? But is it more for a different reason? Because I think it's better for a different reason. Okay. Right, which is it's just prepping you to do. It's prepping you to. It's teaching you how to work with people, mm-hmm. right, from different backgrounds. Because you're gonna meet people from so many different backgrounds, medical schools, experiences, money, all those different things, and you got to try to figure out how to get people on the same. Uh, what's the what's the word I want to use? People on the same voice, people on the same platform, people understanding. Hey, we got this goal. Let's try to go towards that goal. That's really tough because when you're trying to create mm-hmm. your own practice and you're hiring a medical, yeah. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm blanking out on like today. a manager, a manager. Uh, you know, yeah, you're all gonna have things. a nurse. Yeah, then you're gonna need someone who can you know do the intake. Basically, all of your staff. Right? Yeah. You got to have them to. You have to have them buy in to why your practice is going to be way better than someone else's right. practice across the street. Yeah. And that right. is not just a job because right. it can't just be a job for them because guess what? That's your practice and that's how you eat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but I, yeah. I, I think for me looking back, I think that it was well worth it. I mm-hmm. think the, the time that we took away sometimes to go to a national conference that was worth it because every time I came back, I always felt like, oh, wow, I stepped my game up because I was able to network with this person and right. network with that. The thing that we didn't talk about is the pre-med fairs that yeah. happened there yeah. and the connections that occurred there as well as the residency fairs mm-hmm. that occurred there and the connections that people make. Like Absolutely. I remember Stephen Bradley said, Stephen Bradley, who's host of the Black Doctors podcast, he's an anesthesiologist, he's dope, his show is dope, you need to check it out. But he was talking about how when he was at an SNMA conference as a medical student, he was able to see the program that he really wanted to go to and he mm-hmm. was able to make a connection and then eventually he ended up there. Yeah. Right. Like those are the things that we don't talk about. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't talked about that. Um, and that's one of the things, you know, one of the reasons that I had my booth, you know, at the at the conference. I had my pre-med strategies booth, medec program. And one of the things that I kind of advise the the students to do, the pre-med students, you know, I had pre-med students and said, hey, you know, so you're going around here, you're collecting a lot of information. Yeah, you know, we're meeting a lot of people. We're getting to know, you know, a lot of these programs. And I said, oh, that's great. How many of them know who you are? You know? And I think sometimes, again, right, the whole notion of the importance of us, right, the success of us, the 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 person who we are, we often downplay that. And so even at the pre-med level, I'm like, don't don't downplay that. Make these schools know who you are. Tell them your story. Because at the end of the day, you should be connecting with these people later on after the conference um, on a consistent basis. And doing that, obviously, well, maybe not not obvious to to pre-med students, but doing that on a consistent basis might turn that recruiter 
into an advocate for you once your application comes across the screen, the screen. So, you know, it, it's just really important to know how to navigate those um, exhibitor exhibitor fairs. You know, I say the same thing for medical students who are going um, around to the residency programs. It's like, it's important. Yeah, you know about the program, but they don't know who you are. Yeah. Make them know who you are. So Tell your story. That's a tool that you get to practice that we don't necessarily talk about in medical school, mm-hmm. which is the power of networking, mm-hmm. right? Because you're learning the first two years. It's all about how well you're doing in your grades. What can you memorize? What can you regurgitate? Mm-hmm. How well you do on your tests? And then the second part, which is, I think some people find it hard, is the ability to connect with mm-hmm. someone and convince them that you are, a, a, you know, a, a valid candidate, yeah. a worthy candidate to go into this residency. Yeah. And that oftentimes is going to go beyond your test scores. Right. It's going to go beyond, right. you know, who you know, or what school you're at. Actually, it's about who you know. Yeah. Um, no, it's about who knows you. Who knows you. That's right. a good point. It's That's about point. who knows you. So, so yeah. So, you know, look at yourself as your own institution, if you will, like and treat that. yourself as such. I like that. I like that. So listen, let's, uh, let's move away from this topic. Did we beat that horse to death? I think we did. I think we did. We're going to have some, some specialties that are mad at us, but hey, that's the whole point of podcasting, right? Is to conjure conversation. Go ahead. You will have a string of one-star reviews. Yeah, they'll be all right. <laughs> they will be all right. They will be all right. That's what we thought about Joe Rogan, right? Joe Rogan was going to feel the the pain, but he actually just came out and said that he he got a bump in subscribers, one to yeah, two million. Yeah, you ain't Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Renee. <laughs> Thanks, Renee. <laughs> Always know I could count on you. Yeah, to tell the truth. <laughs> well, listen, let's 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 pivot a little bit. Yeah. Let, let's jump into our review of Rothaniel. Huh? Rothaniel. Yes. That was a comedy special on HBO Max by yeah. um what's his name? Gerard, Gerard Carmichael. Gerard Carmichael, yeah. uh, previous um or whatever his show, the Carmichael show on yeah. NBC, and uh, numerous HBO specials in the past mm-hmm. um, came out with this really dope special mm-hmm. on HBO Max called yeah. Rothaniel, yeah, yeah. which is uh, his first name yeah. that he doesn't use. Oh, no. Thoughts? What do you think? Because there's a lot of different topics he talks about. What I he think talk- about the name Rothaniel? <laughs> Besides Rothaniel, right, which is a horrible first name. I'll be the first one. I'm not going to call nobody's name Hey. Horrible, but I would not hey. name my child Rothaniel. Hey, so there's Rothaniel <laughs> the name. He also talks about he came out. He came out as gay mm-hmm. in this. He also talks about the infidelity of his father mm-hmm. and him hiding it. Yeah. As long alongside his brother and how they hid it from their mother. Yeah. But meanwhile, everybody knew. Um, there's a whole host of things that they talked about that yeah. he talked about on the show. And I found overall like, I found, I think the common theme in this HBO special was vulnerability. Yeah. Right? He was vulnerable the entire time. Yeah. And Very he interesting. Just tur- and he just turned it around into, like, just funny moments. It's one of the best comedy specials that I've seen in a while. Yeah. You know, yeah. you already know who my pantheon of comedians are. I don't, I don't think he's up there. I don't think it needs to be up there. But this was really, really good. He was yeah. very vulnerable. He laid it out from talking about him coming out to his... You know, his father cheating on his mom mm-hmm. multiple times with people in town. Mm-hmm. His best friends knew. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody his knew. Best friends on. <laughs> best friends, yeah. She knew him, right? Mm-hmm. Knew his father. Mm-hmm. Um, to just like how he was raised. 
Yeah. And his relationship with his family. Oh man, it was it was dope. What what, what are your thoughts? Tell me what your initial thoughts are. Come on. I, it definitely was not something that I expected. That's it. Come on, give me more. I am, but you gotta let me talk. All right. Well. <laughs> so no, it it definitely wasn't what I expected. I thought it was just you know I thought it was gonna be a laugh out loud. Ah! It wasn't. It was just kind of this cerebral like. Oh, it was like wow. smoky vibes. I got I got a lot of Dave Chappelle. Yeah. Vibes from it where yeah. he sits down in front of people and he takes a smoke. Yeah. Funnier, but, funnier than Dave Chappelle. But. Yes, I, I felt like it was funnier than Dave Chappelle. You know, what I really thought was interesting was how sensitive the the nature of, you know, the content that he yeah. was talking about, but that he could still find the humor in it. <laughs> Shit was funny. Though. You know? <laughs> There's like, a lot of funny. There, but he, my man yeah. is going through stuff. Yeah. He's going through He's stuff. He's definitely going through. So you could just see by his whole de- demeanor, his gestures, his posture, everything. You could just see like, man, this is uncomfortable, but I'm going to go through this anyway. Um, I find, you know, it was almost like a comedic therapy session. Yeah. Right? It was almost like a comedic therapy session. But um, it just really talked about how him coming out um, was very difficult for him and that he had kind of this this almost this masculine head you know talk pause right pause yeah like this masculine pause. you know this straight masculine yeah. i should say straight masculine yeah. head talk right that was just kind of like yo you know <laughs> you gay <laughs> like no homo no right? homo exactly yeah. right and that and the fact that he was saying that you know really it just really put a window into his life into how he saw himself and how he wanted people to see him and how people expected to see him. But it, but you know, it's I think like, I think a lot of people think that it's clean. Like I think a lot of people think that it like when you come to a certain decision, it's right. a very sanitized version of well, yeah. I came to the decision, this is who I am, and right. that's it. And it's like, well, no, you're still I, gonna have conflicting is, thoughts. Conflicting thoughts. Right. There's how he was raised and even his own thoughts about himself and what he's saying. Remember there was a point where he's like, Yeah, I'm gay. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm gay. Like yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. just like right. talking like himself that into extra straight masculine yeah. vibe it, it he w- had to have. But he yeah. found comedy in it. Right. And he wasn't making light of it though. No, it but that's the great part of it, right? He found humor in it, but was not making light of it. It was very apparent that this is something that he's going through. Obviously, he's not the only person, you know, who's been through something like this, but he was just sharing his experience. And it just let you know, like, if he could go through something like this, other people are going through this too. It's crazy. But, you know, you talk about the dichotomies of things. I think the interesting thing was when... He mentioned how his mother was able to get over forgiving his father for oh, cheating. for years of infidelity. For years with, of infidelity. Oh, yeah. Had mm-hmm. children with other people. Mm-hmm. All around and town. And she yeah. had a very difficult time or continues to have a very difficult time forgiving him, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. He right. doesn't need to be forgiven, but finding forgiveness, quote unquote, for- Or acceptance, acceptance. about his- That's yeah, a better word. I'm uh, sorry, guys. his being gay. Yeah. It should yeah. be acceptance, accepting him for being gay. It's right. just like, wait, what? Yeah. But it's just weird how, you know, for me, you know me already. I always say we're walking contradiction. Yeah. Well, you know? <laughs> his father was like, <laughs> his father tried to equate- <laughs> Gerard's being gay to him being <laughs> an infidel. And I'm like, You did wrong. I did wrong. It's like, like wait, I, I cheated on your mom. You came out as gay. It's like, like, wait, there's wait, no, equ- wait, how's that? Wait, equ- how, how are those two equated? Like, yeah. wait, what? 
And it's less than 60 minutes. Yeah. The vibes were real chill. Yeah. It's, it's good. It made it's me miss good. New York a little bit because it, 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 yeah, it starts, off, it starts yeah. off with a, on a snowy New York evening. Mm-hmm. And um, it was really good. Yeah. Rothaniel, Gerard Carmichael, kudos Two to you. Two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. Five Yo, stars. What you can learn from that is, and I, what I learned from that is, is listen, we all got a story to tell. Right, mm-hmm. and if we tell our own story in a way that's unique to us, yeah, and yeah. if we're vulnerable with it, then we can relate to so many people. I think yeah. a lot of times people, people appreciate that. We take our stories and then we try to like sanitize it and make it like somebody yeah. else's story, mm-hmm. make it cliche, and then we wonder why it don't hit. Well, it don't hit because that's not your unique story. Yeah. So yeah. that's why for me, I share my story about SNMA and feeling like I didn't belong, even though nobody made me feel like I didn't mm-hmm. belong. Because I think we got to stop talking like, yeah, you know, I didn't belong, but now I feel. And it's like, nah, right. what was it that you was going through? Like, maybe you had some social anxiety issues mm-hmm. and stuff. So let's let's talk it out and stuff. So yeah. Rothaniel, I think y'all should check it out. It's dope. Yeah. Thank you, Gerard, for sharing that because that, yeah, that was, you know what it reminded me of real quick was when I watched Moonlight. Oh, okay. That's what it reminded well, me Moonlight of. Moonlight was way deeper. No, but more that's subtle. what I'm saying. It was I, so it was in a way it was subtle, but like you know, the director just made you like feel what this character was going through, and I was just like, oh my god! Like I'm like in his shoes right now watching this movie, and I'm like, my heart is breaking for this character. I just feel like he's just struggling so much. So it just reminded me of that feeling that I got um, when I was watching Moonlight. So, mm. yeah. Well, make sure y'all check it out. All right, y'all. So let's go ahead and pivot again. So this bad boy right here that you guys see on YouTube. Yeah, turn if, around. If you guys are not on YouTube, I'm holding this big ass tablet. This is called the Samsung Tab S8 Ultra. Basically, is a big screen, a big, imagine it's 14 inches, but imagine like your laptop screen that could detach from a keyboard. And it is really big. And there's two versions of it. There's a regular tab version of the S8, and then there's the tab S8 Ultra, which is what I have, right? This is a big boy. I'm not going front. So it's sitting right here, and it's fast. It is really fast. It has a ton of memory on there. I'm not going to get into the specifics because I don't think it really matters to you all. The screen is gorgeous. So this is made by Samsung. So everybody who has a Samsung TV, everybody who has a Samsung phone, you already know exactly what kind of quality you're going to get here. There's a big amount of storage as well as memory. So this memory that I have on this one right here, this is about 12 gigs. And the reason I have this is, is tablets basically work just like cell phones. The more RAM that you have, the faster it's going to be and the la- the longer it's going to last. Your computer is the same way also. But within a tablet and within a cell phone, like that memory, what's in the chip is really, the amount of memory, excuse me, that you have really makes a difference in how long, what's the future proofing of this, this machine. Mm. The other thing that's really huge is the storage. So I got 128 gigs of, actually, no, I got I 256. I no you're talking about I got 256. <laughs> I know, but I got 256 gigs of storage in here. It's a lot of storage. And then there's also a micro SD card that you can put in here. So it's expandable up to one terabyte. So you can literally download up to 256 gigabytes of storage onto this tablet. And then if you have a small little mini card, you can put it on the side. And then you can put an additional terabyte in there. So that's really great. Now, for me, what I've really found this to be really useful with is watching TV, watching YouTube, Netflix, 
as well as any other streaming service, mm-hmm. right? Because it's such a big yeah, screen. Yeah, that I can say, yeah. The screen is really good. Mm-hmm. I really, really like it. And it's also really good for this right here. For those who are listening, I, it comes with a stylus, okay? So the note-taking on this machine is phenomenal. There is no lag when you are drawing, when you are writing notes. I'm writing in cursive. Remember, we were on the plane. Mm-hmm. I'm writing in cursive. And it's not skipping. It's not skipping at all. It is amazing. So for all of you note takers in school who don't want to write on paper anymore and you're looking for something that you can write notes on, this is the bomb. And this stylus is excellent. The stylus, you can control the the tablet, not just from writing, but you could also take pictures from it. You could do a whole bunch of different things and program into it. So I love it. It's great. If you are a creative who draws another mm. aspect, that it's really, really good. Now here's the cons. Uh-oh. The cons are, <laughs> it's basically a Chromebook. That's the problem, man. It's a Chromebook. Like, But it, I thought it had all the storage. No, it's a Chromebook. That's the problem that limits it. So it's not going to work like a typical tablet, mm-hmm. right? It's not going to work like a tablet. Or sorry, it's not going to work like a laptop. Okay. And I think the problem is still like Google and even Apple, Apple OS, iOS. Like if you attach it to a, a laptop or if you attach it to a keyboard mm-hmm. stand, like the tablet needs to work like a PC, Right. Right. And there are just certain things that you're limited on. Like the, the first of all, you know, when I have, if I want to edit my podcast mm-hmm. audio wise, because this is a Chromebook, I can't put Audacity on here. Ah. I have to find another app that works on Android that will edit my podcast. Gotcha. Gotcha. Right. It's the same thing with iOS, right? Like you can't just put on a tablet right. Audacity to right. edit, right. which is frustrating. Yeah. Whereas on a laptop, you know, you yeah, can whatever you, can you just put whatever you want. Yeah. So that's the thing. So that's the thing that for me, if you're used to already using a Chromebook and this is not not a big deal, then this is just the next iteration. Mm-hmm. This is very powerful. This is going to be great for you. For me, I don't have much experience using Chromebooks. I'm not a big fan of that. So that's one thing that I think is a problem. Now, who's this for? This is for folks who prefer writing notes but don't want to use paper. Right? There's a lot of people now who. You know, they, they we're in a new world now, right? They mm-hmm. want to keep their notes on it. Now, the cool thing about this is if you write in cursive or if you write in print, this has an ability to try to decipher what you're writing mm. and it can create PDFs from it. Okay. And it can make like your, yeah. your actual cursive or your handwriting into, into, fonts. into fonts. Okay. That's really dope. Yeah. Um, the other thing is people who want to walk around with some type of computing power but they don't necessarily want to carry a laptop. Right. So for example, if you're in a hospital and let's say you're using Epic or you're using Cerner or you're using whatever EMR, none of them are sponsoring the show. <laughs> <laughs> any of those EMRs that you can use on your tablet, yeah. that's really dope that you can just carry it around and you can keep notes, you can mm-hmm. write notes, you can do whatever you need to do. So I've seen a lot of medical students use like an Apple iPad mm-hmm. or in this case, you can use this to you know, go through a patient's notes. So that's right. really good. So people who want something to do everything but not exactly well, if you're okay with that, that's what this is going to do for okay. you. Right? And then the next thing is portability. Right, a lot of people want to be able to do something on a plane, mm-hmm. maybe do something you know someplace else where they need to be able to move it around, and maybe a laptop doesn't is work. Is it heavy? This is not heavy. This is very light, guys. Mm-hmm. Very light. And what you're seeing on. YouTube right now is you're just seeing one component of it. But what I can do is Renee is giving me the keyboard. This is an attachable keyboard. And all I do is click it, click it, 
And then there you go. And then it becomes a clickable thing. So I love it. And I can use the keyboard. The keyboard is great. It's fast. Is it as good as my mechanical keyboard that I use when I'm at home? No, but it is better than most keyboards that are at your job. I'll leave it to you like that. Definitely that are at the, better than keyboards that are at the hospital. Mm-hmm. So I think it's good. Now, the other thing that this is really good for, I didn't realize this is because this is Android, mm-hmm. you can take all of the distractions that are on your phone all of the apps, all of whatever it may be that's on your phone, maybe even on your laptop, and put it on this machine right here. So you can get distracted while you're using this. Well, yeah, you can get distracted <laughs> while you use this, right? But when you are on your phone, you're right. not going to get those Facebook messages. You're not right. going to get those WhatsApp messages. You're not going to get all of those different things. You can literally take all of that stuff off of your phone yeah. and put it onto this. Okay. So yes, you're right about that. <laughs> but that goes in line also with me trying to remove social media from my phone. Right, right. right. So well, I would think it would be easier to scroll on your phone than on this tablet. But then again, I'm not a tablet user, so it's harder to ta- to scroll on this. Okay. Like particularly if you're bringing up like the web, yeah, it's harder. So yeah. like the other thing that's a that's an issue that you know once again Chromebook, a lot of these apps like Instagram, Chrome, they don't really make it for the aspect of the tablet. Mm-hmm. They make it for the aspect of your phone. Right. Right. So when you put it on here, you're like, uh, you know, I'm looking through World Star. It's not really. You love World Star. It's not really scaling. They're not sponsoring the show. They're not sponsoring the show. <laughs> it's not really scaling the way how, you know, the media takeouts. I can't stand you know, nothing. it's it's not really scaling the way how I want it to scale. Right. You know, so that's one thing. And then also, ultimately, who's this for is the content creator, someone who's looking for an additional screen. Mm-hmm. So the cool thing about this is I have my laptop, I actually can connect my Windows 10, my Windows 11 laptop to this and treat it like a separate screen. Yeah, like you're a radiologist. There you go. Like I'm a radiologist. Except I don't have the $10,000 chair. I don't have the (laughs) incense. I don't have the music in the background. You know what I'm saying? All I got to do is turn off the lights. That's all. I have all that stuff. (laughs) So this is overall, my opinion is, is this is like, I'd say seven and a half to 10, seven and a half to eight, excuse me. Out of 10 in my rating. Okay. I think it's great. To be honest with you, I really think it's great for content creation. Mm-hmm. If you need to create something on the fly, I think it's good for that also. Okay. But to replace a laptop, we ain't there yet. No. What made you decide to get that instead of getting a new laptop? Um, because uh, the new laptops that are out there right now, particularly within the PC world, at the time, as we're recording this, they're not as powerful as what I need right now. Macman. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Mac. Man, I might have to do it, but we'll see. It's just Mac this, Man. It's too much of a difference in in like. Anyway, before we go down that path, <laughs> I ain't ready to switch yet. So we'll see when the when the new PCs come out, the new PC chips come out. Hopefully, I'll be able to replace my Dell XPS thirteen with something that's not so. Yeah, I just need something more powerful. Okay. So, but okay. as you see, I'm not really creating much on this right. tab tablet. I'm really just creating notes. I am, you know, watching stuff. We just watched the Batman, which we give two thumbs down on. Yeah. And it's great to kind of switch back and forth. But Mm -hmm. to create stuff, ultimately, uh, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. So that's my review. And um, we're at the end of the show. We are. This is a long show. This was a long show, but this was a good show. Thanks for sticking it out with us, guys. Yeah, we appreciate that. Listen, so we talked about... Our review, we read a review from Phil from the annual medical education conference. We Mm -hmm. talked about in crowd. Listen, it is super important. Alfred, go ahead and put that link down here. It's definitely going to be in the show description of YouTube and it's going to be in the show notes on your podcast player. 
But it's really important. We need you guys to take a couple of minutes just to fill out this survey. Let us know what's relevant, what's important to you so we can start making some content that's really important to you, that's really dope for y'all. So we can stay up there with the the best podcasts out there. We can continue to Mm -hmm. use your time wisely. Yep. All right. And make sure you always support our sponsors. We really appreciate that. Yeah. All right, y'all. We're going to catch you guys on the next episode. It's time for us to go down to the conference. Yeah. Catch you on the next one. Peace. Peace.